Hey, and welcome to the Tesla Owners Club Ontario podcast. My name's Josh. And I'm John. And this is episode f- what three. Are we? Oh, I thought it was four, man. I messed oh, up. Yeah, Dang it. Today is a, you know, I actually am excited about today's episode. John's leaving soon, so we're trying to get a couple episodes recorded <laughs> real fast. But I found this really cool thing at John's house, and so we're going to use it today. What is this thing called? I have no idea. It's some sort of a drum thing. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. So I don't know if we'll use it a lot, but it's just here. Again, it's you here know, if we need it. Um, today for no gonna, apparent reason. <laughs> today, we're, like the first part of this podcast, we're going to get right out of the way just because we've got a really great interview. We want to talk to you about some, uh, we've got a guy on who has some cool stuff to say, and I'm not going to tell you who it is. John will tell you. So uh, coming up after uh, some of our updates, uh, we have one of the uh, original Roadster owners here in Canada, a, a chap named Jeff Stevenson, who's also been part of our club since its inception. And uh, as I mentioned, I think uh, in the past, I just thought it'd be kind of interesting to hear some of the original pioneers back in the day, what caused them to want to buy something like a Roadster and some of the trials and tribulations and uh, things like that. So uh, I think you'll find it very interesting. So stay tuned for that. I have a question. How long has he been a member? How many years? Well, uh, we said March 13 was when the club was started. You know, we were unofficial 20... back then, so that's seven years. Uh, uh, coming up seven years this next month. So does he get anything like a watch well, or uh... what? Do, I didn't get anything. <laughs> <Just saying>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we're getting right to, to the, I'm going to call this the Toco Totway, I think. It's Tesla Owners Club Ontario tip of the week. I got more than one tip. Do you How many more do you one? want? I got, I got a couple, but I'm going to give you guys one. You okay. go first though. Okay, so uh, the one thing, I don't know, have you, have you enabled detection in your car yet? Yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. So if you're not aware, um, I think almost all Teslas now have the ability to text. And you've just got to make sure that it's set up correctly. Uh, so I'm going to just read this right off. Uh, I found this on the internet. Uh, to enable the voice to text feature, go to your car, tap on the Bluetooth icon, select a device, and you should see a toggle there to sync messages. So you've got to make sure that's clicked over so it's highlighted in blue and make sure your phone's connected, obviously, through Bluetooth, and now you'll be able to see their messages. And I didn't realize uh, it's a little bit different because I just got my Model X. Uh, it comes up on that little screen to the left of your main screen in your Model 3, but it comes up on the main screen behind the steering wheel mm -hmm. on the Model S and the Model X, so it's pretty cool. Which seems pretty good. That's yep. tip number one. Thank you. <laughs> What's your other tip? Well, I got a whole bunch. Uh, what if you want to delete an address? If you Maybe you've got 500 addresses that you've gone to in your nav and you want to take get, get rid of those. Mm -hmm. I have uh, that problem. Easy way to do that is all you need to do is tap on the address, touch it basically, and swipe right and you can get rid of addresses in your nav. This is why I love the UX designers at Tesla. They're just, they're very intuitive to what people who already use phones. It's basically the same type of navigation in phones. Like especially in Android and Apple where you swipe right, swipe left on things. Next, I bet you it's gonna be 3D touch like you can see on the Apple phone. Yeah, it's hopefully instinctive because of that. I've got another couple quick ones. Um, share uh, an address to your Tesla. So if you use Google Maps, if you use Waze, and if you're like me and you want to see what your, the traffic's like and you're going somewhere before you actually leave, you have a look. And all you need to do basically is go to uh, your phone, uh, go to Waze, go to Google Maps, find it, and then go to press share on the bottom of, of uh, that map. And it, if it's your Tesla uh, icon is not right there, you go to more and you find the Tesla icon and you click on that and it'll share and it'll send that address right to the nav in your car. And I've used that more than once. It's pretty convenient. Very convenient. You know what? I, okay, my tip is kind of, I have a couple too. Mine kind of goes into that. You know that if you set your departure at 7 a.m., like I do, yeah. it'll prep your car. 
So if you go to the charging app in your car, you can actually set the time that you leave. And it knows then to, depending on the weather and everything else, to set your car to be warmed up, ready to go. If you didn't know that, it's very simple. You should use that feature. I think you can also set it up, and I don't use this because my time leaving in the morning varies, but you can set it up so that it'll learn the time you leave. And uh, I forgot the setting, but um, be ready to go if you always leave at 7 or 7.30 and you can set it up. It'll do that every time for you. Did you also know that uh, if you set up home and work, in your nav and if you want to go home all you got to do is go to the nav button and swipe to the right and it'll automatically put your uh, home address in people might say well don't you know how to get to your home address well i do it almost all the time now because of the traffic and the navigation system it's going to advise you if there's any problems or delays mm -hmm. and it's going to do a uh, a detour and if you're already at home and you swipe to the right it'll take you to work well, here's the thing. Mine does it automatically because it knows where I'm going, but I've been doing a test for the past two weeks. Yeah. Not every day, but I wanted to see on average, I've been taking the Tesla nav to work and yep. opening up the Waze app on my phone. And the Waze app will be sometimes five minutes slower than the Tesla nav. Really? Okay. And because it's taking me in a different direction. So I always loved the Waze app because it's real-time nav, it's real-time peer-to-peer traffic, which the Tesla sort of does as well. I'm not sure who it piggybacks off of. It's Google because Waze is owned by Google. It is, yeah. So I did a test and all the times that I chose the, the Tesla nav, it was right on the button to the minute getting to work within five. And if I would have taken the, the Waze direction, I would have been five, five, to, minutes five, or five minutes longer. What, what do you have it set to, um, to reroute you if you can save more than so many minutes, do you know? Five minutes. Okay, I put mine on two. That sounds yeah. a little bit extreme. Yeah. But I will tell you, I've used to do the same thing, and it's, I don't know when it was, a year or two ago, is when uh, the Tesla navigation sort of lined up with Waze. Because in the past, you couldn't rely on the Tesla nav with the, with the traffic awareness yeah. and, uh, the, uh, the, you know, the, the, the It'd be interesting traffic. to see who they're piggybacking off of because it is actually really yeah. accurate. Yeah, so exactly. That's tips. Well, <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, the other thing is... Um, Maybe not tips, but uh, a couple of updates ago, we now have way more voice commands available mm -hmm. in the car. I love all, it. All our cars, and I've only used some of them. But um, you know, up until then, you really couldn't do too much. Play a certain song, navigate to, uh, you know, things like that. And now, and so I, I got this off the internet. I'm going to say that some of the other uh, clubs and groups have put some great uh, lists together. But there's some on here that I just found. I'm trying to talk into the mic and read at the same time. <laughs> Josh always makes me talk like one inch away from the mic here. But you can do things like um, adjust passenger seat heater to three bacon strips. I love it. And it's going to go to three. Yep. You can do uh, somewhere in here I saw wipers calm down. So, I mean, there's the obvious ones like wipers decrease speed or wipers yep. increase speed, but wipers calm down and they'll slow down. If you say Tesla, it's too cold. It'll increase by what, right. 1.5 or you something like that? You can say on an S and an X, you can say my hands are cold and it'll turn up the heat. So, you know, I, I need to show these to my wife because she's still a holdout. <laughs> I've got a Model Y in order that I would love for her to take. And she finds the... Uh, the screen's too confusing and how do I get to different menus? Almost every single thing that you want to do in the car can now be done by voice. And this is only after a couple of months. Yeah. And there's Take people advantage out, of these things. Learn yeah. these things. It's, and there's people out there that are they're discovering more and more all the time uh, and they're adding it. And you uh, know there's Easter eggs we don't even know about exactly. yet. Exactly. Exactly. So right. what else? Here's so today we're talking about paving the way. And, we, okay, yeah. and I know I've, gave, I've given homage to those. We've got a great guest on today. But um, I was. let's talk about where Tesla all started. 
Okay. And correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm probably going to be wrong. <laughs> we, we, we've been talking about this offline, but Josh, I have to agree. I it's, be wrong. It sounds real, but it sounds real. We're, yeah. we're talking here. We don't want to have everything right down perfect to a T, because then it sounds too clinical. Well, this and, is actually how I learn. So yeah. I might say something wrong. You correct me. I learn. Okay. And then I do this. <laughs> and then I've, I've accepted I my failure. I almost swore in the microphone. <laughs> okay. So here's what I, here's what I know that I researched today. Tesla started um, by these two dudes, one guy named Martin Eberhard and Mark Tarpening. Right. And then Elon came in. They needed some cash. That was like 04 or something. Yeah. Way back in the day. 03. Founded in 2003. So uh, Elon came in with some cash and said, here's 30 mil. Yeah. And then they had a big falling out. 05 or 06. Took some of his PayPal money. And I think think he was interested in um, electrical transport anyhow Mm -hmm. and did a bit of research on electric cars and heard about this uh, startup called Tesla and uh, came in as like an angel investor and and gave him 30 million. And then they kind of, you know, they had beef and then he took over. Basically, is a long story short. Yeah, we're giving you a very long story <laughs> very, short. Very, very cliff note um, thing. Um, and then on June 29th, 2010, Tesla Motors launched its initial public offering on NASDAQ. 13,300,000 shares of common stock were issued to the public at a price of $17 per share. $17. And now it closes at close to $850. Yeah, and and you know, to be fair, they did some other things. I can't remember the time frame, but they, they borrowed from the US government about $450 million. Uh, and some people held that against Tesla because uh, the government also lent you know and bailed out basically chrysler and gm and all these people but i believe that tesla is one of the only ones first of all that the earliest one that paid out their loan very quickly and some of the other companies may not have even paid out their loan yeah they're probably bankrupt since then yeah well and then they obviously launched the the s then they launched the x then they launched the three which according to cleantechnica.com tesla m3 now holds more value than any other car after a year it's only been out a little over a year but i think it only loses i think their their stats said only five percent loss uh, from MSRP after a year. Crazy. And, and you get 10% loss of MSRP when you drive off a, a lot in most more, cars. More than that, frankly. It's more, more than, than that. that. It's I more mean, than that. The average depreciation on a car is 20 to 30% in the first year. Oh my goodness. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't, let, let's not kid ourselves. I don't think it's going to stay forever. I think it bodes well for Tesla in general. I think it's because of the tech, because of the style, because of everything that Tesla's doing right now. But I also think because of uh, supply, there's very few used Tesla mm-hmm. Model 3s Very in the hard. market. It's people like me who had the rear-wheel drive for four months and then the all-wheel drive came out and then, oh, I want the all-wheel drive <laughs> and moved my rear-wheel yeah. drive. Yeah. And then the all-wheel drive performance came out, which I took, and I had that for a year in conjunction with a Model X and I decided after a while that was a little bit extreme. Mm-hmm. So I let that go after a year. So there's lots of people, fortunately, for people that want to buy used that move their cars periodically. Well, I wouldn't say lots, but... well. Sorry, a few. Good, good point. There, there, there is, there's, a, there's enough that it's caused a market yeah. for them to then do a study and find out that it holds really good resale value. So I think that bodes very well for the marketplace. And then uh, Model Y announced is the poor man's Model X, which is. Uh, and I, I don't know if you saw pre, this. Do you know what the pre-orders for the Model X? Model I, y I don't know. I tried to do some research okay. today. There, there are numbers no one knows because you know the thirty only thing fifty thousand is what I got. Yeah, well, I think it's more than that. I would say fifty to hundred thousand. No one knows for sure. I mean, they they were fairly transparent and told us the Model Three back in the early days and also the model, or sorry, the Cybertruck. Mm-hmm. 250000 uh, by the right. way, for the Cybertruck. But I don't know if you know this. Did you see today that people in the U.S. are now getting delivery emails for the Model Y? Yes, and they're all excited and they're all right. can't sleep. So it's Christmas morning. Apparently, the, it seems from the emails that are flying around and all the information on the internet is that it's the performance all-wheel drive Model Y first. And the first date we've seen for delivery, the earliest, it looks to be about March 15th. But typically, they've... Uh, delivered to previous Tesla owners first, 
That seems to be the case to some extent, but not always. And typically to California first, and that's not always the case. And now there, apparently there's people who've ordered not that long ago, and there's people on the East Coast. Typically in Canada, our vehicles have been about six months behind the launch in the US. Yep. So my Model uh, S signature was six months behind the first signature delivery uh, in the States. The X was the same, about six months behind. And the three was almost exactly the same. And some, sometimes that's for homologation, which is to meet standards for the government to, and uh, the requirements mm -hmm. in the country, uh, but also supply and demand. They're going to sell them where the, the biggest market is first, and that's normally California. You think the Y is going to be the biggest seller, or the three is going to command the market for the line for the oh, line share of the market for the recent future? Overall, I think the three will still command the sales. It's going to take quite a while, obviously, because it's, it's been on sale for almost two years now. Uh, Model Y, you know, not everybody wants an SUV or a CUV, as they call it. It's a little bit more money, but I think there's going to be a, a ton of those delivered. They're all over the place now, as we just discussed and seen, uh, but it's pretty exciting. I don't think anybody expected to see them in the middle of March. And, you know, we'll, what I'm trying to get at is, will it be six months before we see our cars? Is, is it going to be like October? I don't know. My gut says, hold, you know, what's the date today? February 25th, we're actually recording this. Hopefully it'll be out in a few days. I think we'll see them in Canada earlier than six months. I'm going to stick my neck out and say July. Okay. I'm going to say June. Okay. June and July is when we say Model Y. The bed so is on, ready? That. <laughs> and you know what the beautiful thing about all this and just as a tesla owner and a fan is that it's, if you think about this car company in the um timeline of car companies this thing is a is a toddler not even it's yes. a baby it's a baby they've only actually been selling cars physically delivering cars since 2008 the, and so you think years. about and you think about what it's accomplished in that amount of time can it all be attributed to elon or are we saying he built the right team I, you know I think everybody worships Elon, myself included. He's got his, uh, you know, deficiencies, but he's basically a genius. But I think we have to, you know, you mentioned the names of those people. Those are the guys that back in the day that went out and researched and they found, uh, I forgot the name of the car, but they found another car that they thought they could put an electric powertrain in to test it. And they were the ones that sort of garnered the initial interest and Elon came along with his money and ultimately his genius. But, you know, we talked uh, in the past about uh, early adopters and pioneers, and we're going to have one of the early adopters and pioneers on our on our podcast here very shortly mm -hmm. in, a, in a couple of minutes but i would say the lion's share to elon but if people hadn't started it up back in the day he wouldn't have had uh, anything to invest in and and take it to the next level so cool that's just a little history if you didn't know a lot of tips let's get into the interview okay who do we have so coming up uh next we have a gentleman by the name of jaff stevenson and uh, jaff and i were involved with the club back in day one we're at the very first meetings that we put on back in march of 2013 and he's going to talk to us today uh, primarily about the roadster and uh, i'm not going to steal his thunder but he was one of the original roadster owners in uh, canada so uh, without further ado uh, let's move to the next section of our podcast So I've got Jaff Stevenson here, as I mentioned, and uh, Jaff and I go way back. We're actually original uh, members of the Owners Club. Jaff was one of the first members back in uh, probably our first meetings. Were, what did I say? 2000, March of 2013. Yeah. And. Uh, we're going to talk about Roadster. Jeff uh, had a Roadster for how long, Jeff? Uh, headed from uh, 2010 to 2016. Awesome. So six years. So we're going to talk mostly about that today because I thought it'd be very interesting for some of you, especially new owners, to learn about what went on back in the day with people getting the very first test that was for sale. But, but Jeff and I have a very similar background. Uh, we met back then and we both had bought uh, a signature Model S. 
P85s and had those for a couple of years. And mm-hmm. then when they brought out the all-wheel drive P85D, we both pulled the trigger around the same time and watched for our cars uh, when they were going to be shipped. <laughs> Remember that debacle when they yeah. had a new uh, new seats with wraparound bolsters and whatnot? Yeah. And there was all kinds of problems that we were waiting for our cars and the seats weren't ready and they shipped the cars with the old seats. And then they we took it in and we got the new seats retrofitted. And that was the day where we found out that there was going to be a heated steering wheel on the car. It wasn't really announced. All of a sudden, people noticed. Remember? Yeah, I we got didn't it. know you didn't, I who's going to get the heated steering wheel, who wasn't. So did I you didn't guys, get did mine. Yes, yeah, did. I did. Who's, had, who's yeah. had more Teslas? Me. Oh, yeah. you got to be. Well, uh, well, I'll t- we're on our when we get our Model Y, we'll we'll be on our seventh. Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I think six. I'm. You're not six. far behind. Yeah. Yeah. Six. yeah. I'm on one. Of That's many, okay. Of many. You'll get there. We're also a little yeah. bit older than you. There's some gray hair on this side of the room. This is true. This is true. So what I thought we'd do is uh, just talk to you, Jeff, and try to find out what went through your mind. You had a 2010. Uh, the Roadster came out in 2008. We were talking before this. It was supposed to come out in 2006, you know, with Tesla time. And back in those days, there were some real uh, challenges getting this uh, whole program off the ground. Uh, many of you may not know, but the uh, body and the chassis was based on a Lotus, I think a Lotus Elise. Correct. And uh, they were brought over here and then they married uh, the powertrain, the batteries and the motors to the cars. There were lots of challenges. So, but Jeff, what went through your mind? How did you hear about Tesla and what intrigued you enough to sort of ultimately buy a Roadster and, and take that journey? Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we'd gone down to the auto show in February of that year to look for an all-wheel drive vehicle for my son, some sort of entry-level vehicle. And the very first uh, booth inside the uh, the auto show was a Toronto Star, and they had an orange Roadster there. So because of the look of it, et cetera, not even knowing when I approached it really that it was electric, uh, I decided to uh, go over and speak with the guy a bit and uh, found out a little bit about it and was talking to him about the impracticality of the car <laughs> when he convinced me to... Uh, I said, you really have to go on the website and take a look at the sedan. So when we got home that night... We so this is right. This is 2010. 2010. And they uh, just uh, brought the beta version of the S had, was now out and we'd, we'd seen what it was going to look uh, like No, this yet. is actually prior to that. This is actually uh, February 2010 at the okay. auto show. So there was no beta uh, of the S available uh, to, to see. So we were just going off pictures and at that time it was a $5,000 deposit. You had to <laughs> wire down to them. Uh, took a look at it and uh, although my wife worked and environmental i just monday i wired it down caught home and said i've put us on the waiting list for an electric car uh so she thought that was kind of interesting took a look at it was fully supportive of obviously after uh, the fact that's how i yeah, operate that's, that's right. how i offer so forgiveness we, not <laughs> yes. permission so we yes. were the fifth on the waiting list in canada for the model s and uh model. Uh, no no for the model s oh okay uh, and what happened was uh, hans Olsrud at the time was the uh, the only sales rep in the uh, toronto area and uh, uh, we thought it'd be really nice to get a ride in a in a roadster. And being that we're Model S reservationists, you know, perhaps they'll they'll take us out. I don't think Hans really wanted to take us out uh, because there was myself who had a reservation and three other guys with us who uh, did not and really probably weren't that keen on it. But anyway, Hans took me out. We rode around a little bit and had a great time and uh, and said, you know, uh, if you want, you can lease a roadster or buy a roadster uh, and turn it back in when your S is ready. And and you know they'll. They'll, they'll give you a, a good deal on it. So I started working on my wife uh, probably <laughs> around June of that year. Uh, and about September the 21st, it took me about three months to get her to cave. And wow. finally uh, got the uh, the order in just prior to a price increase that was coming with it. Uh, wow. So uh, from about September the 30th till uh, 
December the 21st when it arrived, I probably had about five hours of sleep. Yeah, I was just so excited every night. That's all you could think about. To all, the, to, to all the husbands out there who are trying to convince their wives to, to get a Tesla, what does that sequence look like? What do we start with? How does it work? How do you wear them down? Well, what do we do? I think I, I'm lucky because, again, my, my wife worked in environmental. So I think okay. I was halfway there. Yeah. Because originally I thought, well, maybe a Porsche, you know, maybe an older Ferrari. But a friend of mine who uh, fixed cars talked me out of the Ferrari. He said it would cost you more money keeping the thing on the road yeah. than it would to buy it. Yeah. Uh, the Porsche, you know, I love the 911s. Uh, I know, John, you were into Porsches. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was probably what it was going to be. And then my wife kind of put her foot down and said, no, we're not doing that. Uh, so it was a lot harder for her to put her foot down when this vehicle was electric. Yeah. So uh, it, it took some time, but it wore down. I, it, persistence pays off. That's all I can <laughs> well, say. Well, and you had an advantage because you already went through that with the S. So you, so you, yeah. you put your deposit on the S based on pictures and specs. Absolutely. But you'd, you'd seen the Roadster at that point at the auto show? I'd seen the Roadster. Right. And then by the time I really started to work on Sydney, I'd actually had a ride in it. Okay, uh, hands, right. wouldn't, hands wouldn't let any of us drive. But uh, he took us out for a ride and I, it was just... Right. So the electric sort of commitment had already been made. It was a matter of going for this... How much was it back then? Uh, well, the the, the uh, base model started at 120 Canadian, oh, and the uh, the S uh, uh, the uh, I'm trying to think what they called the high version of it. Now it was uh, 25,000 more. So uh, that car totaled out about 168,000. It was. But you had some other. Did you? Oh, you put some things on it after uh, the fact. What I did was after the first year when my wife wouldn't see the bill anymore. I added the uh, uh, carbon fiber interior, which is another ten thousand dollars. And did you change the top too? I can't remember. Uh, I did uh, uh, buy an, uh, from another Tesla Roadster owner a uh, carbon fiber hardtop, right. which I put on in the wintertime because I drove it all year round. Yeah. And year uh, round. It, it made a significant difference to the warmth of the car having that hardtop on. Right. Uh, so it was it was a good investment, but uh, I only had that for two years when I drove it in the wintertime. The rest of the time, I was just with the uh, the rollback soft top. And going back to our episode one, he leased it. So yes. made it a lot affordable. It was his monthly cash. Yeah, I was again uh, to be an independent business owner. It made the least possible. Now that did come back to bite me in the end because uh, I had the GVA 005 green plate, and of course that was registered to the company. When I sold the company, they would not let me transfer the plate out of the company name. So, so, yeah, original, so now yeah. that plate sits on my uh, in my garage. I can't have it oh, on the car, oh, wow. which is a real disappointment. Wow. What's, uh, what's yeah. the tech inside of a Roadster look like uh, compared to today's tech? Uh, ancient. Uh, it was great. Like at the time, it was space age. Uh, you look at it now, and that was one of the things that actually did lead me to move the Roadster in favor of the uh, the Model S. I traded it, or uh, basically did a courtesy trade, uh, P90D with Ludacris, was the performance of the P90D with Ludacris was significantly better. I think it was uh, 3.7 uh, seconds zero to uh, 100 in the Roadster, uh, although the Roadster was certainly much different looking car and attracted a lot more attention. That's not really why I had the car. Uh, I wanted uh, that time the performance and knowing that these these newer cars were going to be blown by me on the road. That was one thing that was in the consideration. <laughs> that and the fact that that parts probably were going to start to get a little thin yeah. and not being much of a do-it-yourselfer uh, that wasn't in the cards to hold it long term. So. And, and for those who don't know, uh, I think the total number worldwide was only about 2,500 Roadsters were sold yeah. wow. from 08 to 2010, yeah. right? 2010 that, was correct. the last yeah. year. And was yours a 2.0 or 2.5? Mine was a 2.5. I I'd ordered just uh, when they'd come up with the 2.5 release, so I got the That was one. like updates, so they had like 1.5, 2.0, and then 2.5, yeah, something the like 1. that. Yeah, the 1.5 had the two-speed transmission that was 
was locked in first because, of course, the electric motors kept blowing them up. The 2.0 had a different front end. Uh, it had the older style front end, and there, it was really just cosmetic changes uh, that between the 2.5 and the 2.0. Uh, I think the 5 looked a little nicer. A friend of mine in Ottawa, Doug George, uh, uh, he ordered in June. I ordered in September. Doug uh, was one of the last production runs of the 2.0. Uh, so I remember his car. He had a red one, didn't he? He had a red yeah, one, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he wasn't too happy about that, but I think Tesla looked after him in another way. Did so. you ever hear... Um how many test, uh, roadsters were actually sold in Canada? It de- total? depends on who you ask. Uh, it was somewhere between fifty-five and fifty-three. <laughs> uh, so there were there were not many, and mine was the only Arctic White two point five Sport. That's the term I was looking for before yeah. the, uh, the Sport. So it had a hand wound uh, motor as opposed. So it did a little more horsepower than what the regular one. You ever had, passed so. another Tesla Roadster while you had yours? Uh, yeah, yeah. You uh, in fact, I, I found a, a buddy of mine who I used to play uh, computer baseball with, who worked at at uh, he was employee number nine at Blackberry on at Sinha had an orange one and I'd kind of lost track with on it for a few years and a, a, a mutual friend of ours said uh, on retired now and he just drives around in his Tesla and I said well, he's got a Tesla so I rang him up and we've, we met two or three times uh, per year after that at, at different shows and that sort of stuff showing and did you drag race each other uh, no because they didn't want to put him to shame but he still might have that car. he does I'm for, uh, I remember at the barbecue two years ago I think yeah. he was there absolutely and yeah. you know who knows how many there are I I tried to ask somebody at Tesla today, yeah. they haven't answered me yet, how many are left in Canada, but um, there, there's there's probably a good 20 or 30 of those left. I, I well, they're collector's think, items now, right? You, you couldn't, uh, they, basically, yeah, you couldn't uh, import them until 2013 when uh, Canada, uh, the, the governing body, finally gave them a number where you could bring them in. Right. Uh, for, for the longest time, people were trying to bring them in from the U.S., and of course, they weren't allowed to. Right. Uh, there's a chap in Montreal, I think he had to pay about 3000 3, up and above to Canadianize it uh, wow. so that uh, Transport Canada would allow it to run. But uh, uh, yeah, how, there are, how many there are now, I, I have no idea. What's the range on the Roadster? Well, that was one of the things that, that made it very easy to drive. It was uh, a full range charge at 100% was 385 kilometers. Really? Which is, which yeah. is I mean, 10 years ago. Excellent. Yeah. 53 to 55 kilowatt uh, hour battery. Uh, some of it was used up for uh, systems, so it didn't have the full amount for uh, for drive. But the car is so much lighter than... The, uh, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, it was 2,700 a, pounds, and it yeah. was uh, uh, the battery's roughly 1,000 pounds, so right. you didn't have much other to go. So that, you know, I didn't get a lot of of the early uh, stage range anxiety because I could travel from where we lived to my folks' cottage, didn't have to stop anywhere to, to charge. Not that there would have been many places to stop back then anyway, but uh, it, you, you had a nice level of comfort with it. So well, and, that segues into the question. Like back in the day, when, when did the supercharging network even happen in Canada? Well, it didn't. Uh, it didn't matter because the Roadster could not supercharge. Uh, oh. So you were you were uh, high level two is is basically all you could do. Uh, the first uh, superchargers boy, well, they were announced you- just after we ordered our SIGs or got our SIGs. Mm-hmm. So I was telling on the last podcast that the first six months we had our cars, we didn't even know there was going to be a supercharger yeah. network. So mm-hmm. it was sometime I want to say later in 2012 that they announced them, I think, and they probably didn't start to show up until 13. I don't know when they showed up in Canada, but we talked about how for many, many months and a year or two, yeah. everybody was complaining, when are we going to get more superchargers? Yeah. And then a bunch of them popped up in places we didn't even expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, Very no cool. But, uh, um, so tell us some of the good and the bad about the roadster trials and tribulations. Remember, you know, the little, um, Tranmere had a, Tranmere Road had a tiny little Tesla service facility that many of us used even in the early days of the, uh, uh, Model S, you know, had a three, three or four bay, um, 
shop and some great guys back oh, in the day, Eli, people yeah. like that, that yeah. uh, helped us all out. But tell us about uh, servicing the car, uh, some of your road trips and your uh, challenges well, charging and whatnot. Well, servicing the car was great because, uh, you know, being down in Niagara, uh, you know, I'd always schedule my appointments for a Friday afternoon. So I'd say, okay, I'm going in to get the car serviced, which really wasn't that often. Uh, but it was a nice drive to take out and, and get out of the office and uh, uh, do a bit of early weekend cheating on it. Uh, there were times when there were two or three other roadsters in there and uh, you had to leave yours out front and of course they would do the same thing back then you would uh, they would get you a courtesy trade so that uh, that was good really wasn't a heck of a lot that went wrong on it one of the the probably the most common things I was up for was it had a uh, hatch release in the rear uh, one on each side and sometimes they'd get out of sync so one would fire and the other one wouldn't and of course you couldn't get the uh, the back hatch the open. engine bay or no, just no this is uh, this in the storage okay. Right, but, okay. which also was the engine bay remember right. uh, yeah. uh, so <laughs> if you were uh, uh, so you, you learned a few tricks on that you if one hitch was working funny you just lean on the other one and hold it down so it would it would still fire but it wouldn't come flying up and and bind the other one from opening up but there were minor little things really uh, outside of uh, probably uh, uh, whew, boy I can't even think of anything major the only major thing happened when I was out on the east coast uh, with the amazing race when the uh, the inverter blew up and uh, well, let's back up <laughs> tell us about the amazing race first and then we'll get into that well the amazing race was put on by Sun Country Highway and it was uh, it was started when they uh, uh, had their level two charging network literally all across Canada. Uh, so they decided to have this contest where they would have people drive across Canada. You would get points for stopping at these charge stations. The more points you got, obviously, the better you did. Uh, and it, it ended at Summerside PEI. Well, I, I you drove from here to there. I, I did. Uh, I did. I took about three or four days and drove around Ontario because it was still by far the most number of charge stations were here and then planned out a route to uh, to drive out uh, uh, east, go around Gas Bay, et cetera, and end up in Summerside. And these were typically 50 and maybe 80 amp uh, chargers You were lucky then, right? if you found some of them were 80s, which was great, but there were there were 40s. I can remember pulling into Miramichi uh, in the wee hours of the morning, probably 4 o'clock, just dead tired, uh, got out, plugged in, went back in the car and fell asleep because I slept in the car. You can't watch Netflix while you <laughs> no, charge. No, no, no. The and how many kilometers an hour would you be getting on a 40 amp in oh, your roadster? Uh, I can't even think. Probably uh, in the 30s, I'm guessing. Yeah. I don't even remember. It's that long ago. 30 kilometers but, an hour. Yeah, charge, yeah, hour I was I was there for a long time, but it was it was chilly, so I went back in the car and went to sleep. And of course, the interior of the car all fogged up. Well, I, I woke up probably around seven thirty eight, and the charge station was actually right beside the town hall, which was not it was an it was a, an old house at the time. And uh, you know, I, I started using my hand on the window and clearing the screen. Looked out, and there was about forty people outside looking in, <laughs> trying to figure out yeah, what's this car outside with all the windows fogged up doing in our parking lot. <laughs> I'm having a look at this at the picture of the Arctic White Tesla Roadster. To, and to this day, it's still sexier than most cars on the road. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it was a great looking car. Like, legit. Yeah. Yeah. The other down, one of the other big downsides of it was was the original Tesla time, and not meaning from when Tesla says they're going to have something ready yeah. to when they deliver, but when you go down to the supermarket to get a uh, loaf of bread and, a, uh, and some milk and that sort of stuff, and you come back two and a half hours later, and your wife gives you grief and says, <laughs> where they each were you? And right. it's, well, I eventually had to take Cindy out a couple times shopping in it and uh, just to show her that this, this is what happened. 
happens and there's did you she drive it ever uh she she drove it uh twice once on the uh, uh the test drive uh it had some really severe blind spots okay and of course she's even shorter than i am so <laughs> she did not enjoy driving she loved driving in the car but did not like driving it which mm-hmm. was fine with me uh, because i'm a lousy passenger i would much rather be the driver of the car <laughs> so i did uh, the majority of the driving so when you think about it, when when Jeff's talking about Tesla time, and as he said, not Tesla time waiting for things, but Tesla time that you had to spend answering questions about your car. Right. What is it? Yeah. And you know, even though it was based in a Lotus, and you know, if you didn't know much, you can't really tell the difference between a Lotus Elise and a Roadster, but a Lotus Elise were very rare regardless. Oh, mm-hmm. right. And then when they hear the thing moving with no engine sound, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, just unbelievable. I'm uh, sure the questions you used to get. I've got a good story about that. I was getting the car uh, looked at in the parking lot by one of the Rangers, Mark Lidstone. And back then they had a huge trailer, an enclosed trailer that said Tesla on the side of it, that they would pull around with their pickup truck to uh, service the Roadsters in the field. So uh, Mark's putting an update. He's got his computer out. It's attached to the car. He's putting it in. And the, the Tesla trailer's parked right beside my car. And this lady comes uh, walking by, going to the bank, looks at the car and says, nice Lotus. The Tesla on the, on the, the, the well, trailer was probably, you know, three feet tall and it still was nice but, Lotus. But again, you know, we need to think about, I remember when I got, and probably the same as you with your Model S, it, it was like a show car back then. Yeah. Nobody, what is this concept car? Nobody had seen yeah. the car. Tesla, what's a Tesla? So imagine two years prior to that, more, the average person, unless you were a total car fanatic, had no idea what Tesla yeah. was, no idea where it was made, let alone that they had this little sports car and, and you know, yeah. didn't know anything about the concept of the company. So yeah. I think as the, as Tesla goes on with their their newer models, I'm sure the surprise factor uh, and the cachet factor for the three was far less than the X. The X probably would have been about the same as the S, which would have been about the same as the Roadster. Right. As we get into more vehicles out there uh, that look more normal for for Tesla when the Y is out and a few others. I guess it'll change with the Cybertruck, but it, it's a good thing, I think, that we don't get asked as many questions because right. that means more people know about But them. Cybertruck, yeah, I can imagine the first ones on the road and, and also um, Roadster. Yeah. You know, we're going to see some of those oh, in, yeah. in another yeah. year or two. So uh, tell us a little bit more about that trip. Well, it, it, so with the trip, uh, I, somehow that year, it had ended up that my wife had used up all her vacation and I still had two or three weeks left. So uh, <laughs> Stephen B. from, I see this uh, is from going. Sun Country was, was riding me said look there's not very many people uh doing this because it, it's it's fairly difficult to do why don't you do it so i thought about it for a couple of days and thought yeah this is going to be great I, i'm going to enjoy doing this so i did it on my own uh planted uh, out the route uh got this all was, the way around this? this is 2013 this 13, was uh okay. yeah, yeah september so there were a few chilly nights in quebec and and a few a couple white knuckle stretches between riviere de Lou and uh and uh, uh fredericton moncton etc uh you as a backup looked and saw uh, where the uh, uh, campgrounds were and, you know, kept the yellow pages handy to see if a you welder. needed a welding shop because <laughs> yeah. that, the one thing, I always had a big basket of adapters and I still to this day have them, that the ones I had for my Model S when we sold those, I've, I've hung on to those just Tell me case. why you need a welder. Uh, well, welding plug and NEMA 650, we used those when we were driving around in Newfoundland with our Model S. We had two welding shops we charged at and the people couldn't have been nicer to help you out. It's but a, if it's you didn't have that, it's a different Special plug. electrical system they're oh, using for I see. Well, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, so, so what would have charge. happened if you did, back in the day, run out, 
Like you have to find a house to let you plug in for like basically you would wow. have to do that. I I and did you have get two kilometers an hour. Yeah, or I did have one time when I was going from Guelph back up to the cottage near Concarden, where uh, my sister had had an emergency with her car, so I ran them down to Guelph. Didn't charge up, and I had a, ended up with about 135 kilometers to go, and I had 110 in the battery. So I basically put the windows up, turned uh, everything off. The Mennonites were passing me when there were <laughs> some buggies. I was doing about 40 kilometers, but I got home with Maybe. 15 on the good side. That was actually a great learning experience of uh seeing how what effect it had on your range by simply slowing down yeah, now you couldn't have done yeah. that on the on the four lane highways but on uh two lane highway going up north it was not that big a deal <laughs> if you like you pull up to someone's house do you mind if i stay here for three days <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> well the, you know we, but when we when i used to drive to the cottage we at the at the time we only had the 15 amp so uh, you'd plug in on friday and by the time you were ready to go home on sunday at a end of a typical weekend you were fully charged that's so, cool yeah. very cool so, I mean, really, the reason we had uh, Jeff on the show is we talk about pioneers. And, you know, there was pioneers back in 08, yeah. you know, down in the States. I'm sure there was a few people in Canada, 08, 09. But, you know, here's one of the pioneers for Tesla and electric cars. And I thought, think it's important that, you know, you heard some of the stories. And as Josh has said before, not to sort of sound... Uh, glib or anything, but um, if it wasn't for people taking the Roadster, then the Model mm -hmm. S, yep. and ultimately the Model X, the Model 3 and the Model Y and all these other vehicles wouldn't exist. Yep. So leap of faith, winging a, a prayer that we did this. Again, when you're talking about pioneers, uh, Jeff mentioned Sun Country Highway, who put a network right across Canada of level two chargers. So tell us a little bit about, I think it was Kent, right? The, yeah, the owner yeah, of that company? Yeah, I, uh, um, Kent was a really interesting guy. I don't know uh, really how his business model worked, but you know, what Kent was able to do was uh, find hosts all across Canada, myself included in my business, to hang one uh, charger off the back, whether with whatever power you could spare to go out to it. I only had a 40 amp behind my office. It was an older building. That's all that would work. Uh, and then put them on this great interactive map for the time. So you could uh, literally uh, go on the on your computer, take a look, uh, find the location, see what kind of charge station it was. It wasn't as fancy as PlugShare, where you could tell if someone was already using it, but at least you knew it was there. Did mm -hmm. run into a, a, a tough situation and a bit of a learning experience, again, in New Brunswick, where uh, I was kind of relying on a charge station late at night, uh, only to discover that it was inside the uh, bay of one of oh, the deals. No. Ships, which is where I learned pretty quickly that when you had other dealers talking about, uh, or other manufacturers talking about putting charge stations in dealerships, uh, you know, unless th that is just not going to work unless mm -hmm. uh, you the public has access to them twenty four seven. But that stuff happens. But but Kent's uh, Kent was really uh, uh, driving force in getting that charge network all across Canada. And, and pretty and interesting, he actually it. branded the chargers with his own yeah, name, were, Sun Country Highway, right Creek. in the chargers, yep. Clipper Creeks that he yep. branded, and. Did he not provide the charger? Yeah, for yeah, free. The charger so who's this free? guy? Yeah, I want to meet this Ken, guy. Ken yeah. Rathwell. Uh, again, if you hear this, or yeah. reach out to us. But he'd probably be somebody good to get on our podcast. Yeah. But he was original pioneer trying to help with the charging network across Canada. Uh, he would convince, as Jeff said, people uh, with business owners and, and motels and restaurants to put these chargers in. And at the time, there was hardly any electric cars that existed. Roadster. Yep. Was Leaf even out? Uh, the, the Leaf was Leaf out. Was the Model S was out because there was right. a Model S in that, but the it 12s, was it was yeah. still very new. But uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, there there were not many. Uh, uh, it was it was pretty thin. But now you can go across Canada on V3. Am I yeah. right? Yeah. Well, V V3 from Ontario west, and I, I don't know if they have V3s. Uh, uh, very, very, very much from sort of Ontario East, but um, I don't want to deviate too much here, yep. but we are going to have a meeting next week. And I mentioned this in our first podcast with uh, 
the uh, head of the supercharging team for Canada is going to be uh, at our meeting. And, uh, you know, the time is not going to work. This podcast will probably, probably come out before we can talk about that. But he had mentioned to me today that you're going to see V3 ultimately is the only thing they're going to be doing right Yeah, that makes Canada. sense. And so, then V4 in but, the next, what, five but, years? But again, yeah. think, think about that. So 20, 30, 40 <laughs> amp chargers back in the day that only got you. Yep. It's coincidentally the 20, 30, 40 kilometers per hour. Sure. Of charge. Which is what we basically get in our garages right now. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And now V3s, I saw somebody post the other day, something like 1600 kilometers an hour on a Model 3. Mm -hmm. We'll get more into this down the road. Model 3 has a different uh, charging system that can accept much higher power and get a much faster charge than an S or an X. But just, just unbelievable. Well, there's an interesting segue. So you've got a Roadster and then you went with an S Mm -hmm. and then... What was another that S. S? And then you had another S. Then you had an X, I imagine. Uh, no, never had. The you X. never had the no, X. No. The, uh... Does it irk you a little bit that guys like me who pull up into a, a three finally I get all the bells and whistles and everything you never got getting into it? Does it irk you a little bit? No, not at all. I mean, it's a victory. Uh, it's it's a victory because uh, any I don't care what EV you buy, just buy an EV and get yeah. it on the road. It's uh, a good attitude. And, and you know we shouldn't feel that you know people who've bought a new S shouldn't look down their nose at the three. The three is a tremendous car. We we don't have any S's anymore. We have threes. I like the size much better. Yeah. I wish I had a few more of the toys that were on the S, but uh, that's not stopping me from comfortably driving my Performance Three, however I want to drive it. Yeah, I feel cool. the exact same way, except that Jaff is very similar to me. We do like the latest and greatest. <laughs> you guys, and I mean your wife. We, 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 we need to do is get your wives anymore. on these podcasts. I need to talk to your wives. No, no. <laughs> I want to bring your wives and be like, <laughs> my wife didn't even know what I paid for my first model S. Same we, to we, this day. We, she does now. Okay. So let, I'll tell you a real quick story. So I had my car maybe a month or two. Uh, when I was getting the car, I think back then, if you got a very base, because remember they came up with 40s and 60 yep. Uh, yep. Um, Model S's, they were like 60 or 70 grand, maybe 80 in Canada. So I think she in the back of her head heard 80. Well, my first signature P85 was 114, yeah, no. 117, I think. Uh, yeah, something like that. Because yeah, yeah. we could Gracious. buy our chargers, the HPWCs, with the car, yeah, yeah. which is really cool because then you had the four-year yep. warranty with it. Yeah. But we, we were out in the car and we pulled in to look to this furniture store, a Mennonite furniture store or something. And I pull in and we were just finishing a little power bar or something I was eating. And I see this guy driving up the highway be, behind me and do a U-turn and come barreling in beside me. He was driving a seven series BMW. And I said to my wife, this guy's pulling in because he recognizes this car. Yeah. Remember back then, most people had no idea what it was. Signature red, beautiful yeah. color we yeah. both loved. Yeah. And he he was courteous and waited till I finished my snack. <laughs> then he came over and wrapped in the window and he says, I can't believe this. Are these cars for, on sale now? You actually, it, it, this, this they're, they're delivering yeah. them? I said, yeah. He says, that's unbelievable. This is like a hundred grand, isn't it? <laughs> You're my looking wife at looks like, at me like, no, it's more like 50. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, around there. Yeah, around, give the or take 50. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think so, the more surprising part of that story is that a BMW owner was uh, nice. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> I got pulled over by the police in the Roadster. Uh, very early on, I was taking my daughter into uh, Oakville. I was on the QE near Burlington. And the police pulled us over and uh, came in behind us, put the lights on. And I said, my daughter was kind of upset. And I said, don't worry, we didn't do anything wrong. He pulls us over, comes up to us and he says do you mind if i take a picture of your car uh we haven't seen any green plates yet so he, he came out took a couple pictures of the car said thanks very much on your that's way that's nice and uh yeah i mean that was a that was the well uh, and remember uh, what thing. job said earlier what was the plate number or 005 so gvaa five. the fifth green plate in canada wow so yeah 
for talking to a pioneer here, Jeff Stevenson. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Any other interesting stories you want to share with us before uh, we uh, move on? I have a, before that, I have a question. Yeah, from a, from you guys from are, the newbie. You, know, you guys are from the newbie. Question <laughs> from the newbie. You guys are you've been in Tesla since like basically inception. What do you think the future of Tesla is? Uh, I think their future is less of a car company and more of uh, energy storage and, and solar. I think that's eventually going to dwarf uh, things. I don't know if anything ever gets merged with uh, uh, with SpaceX, but just looking at it from a consumer end, um, I think the potential for the, the solar roofs and the and the power walls and the uh, power packs, even uh, size batteries for home, is is going to be where the future is. But um, I just hope that we we still have Elon for uh, you know at least another ten years future. or so. Yeah. Because I mean, you guys so rich, you'll probably live forever. Yeah, like he, it's getting to that there. point. Well, where, and I'd okay. have to agree because I mentioned again last podcast that it's become more of a technology company than a car company. But I also think that remember, a lot of people don't think this is going to happen. But there's very little that Elon and Tesla sort of promise that hasn't happened. It's Maybe true. it takes a bit longer. Yeah. True. But he's talking about full self-driving, and there's going to be an app where you make your car available, sort of like a Turo. So I put up. A yep. couple of button clicks on my phone. Now my car is available. Somebody out in Scarborough wants to drive my car. They click the app and the car drives itself to that person and picks them up and they can decide if they actually want to drive it hands-on or not. I actually think... I don't know the time frame, but I think that's going to happen. 10 years. And you're going to see more and more of these type of things. I don't know if you're aware of this. There's a company out there called Canoe, C-A-N-O-O, and it's a real funky looking car. You can't tell the front from the back. It's just like a, like a, uh, almost like a little micro bus with windows all around it. That same thing. They want them to be uh, a subscription model and uh, ride share and all that type of thing. And when you think about some of the latest news where the amount of uh, calculations and the sophistication of this new hardware three computer Mm-hmm. Uh, the somebody just did a teardown on that car. Did you see this? No. And the Japanese engineer said that the other companies are five and six years behind yeah. with the technology that Tesla has in their hardware three uh, computer, which is basically for autopilot. And they're going to stay that way because Tesla is going to keep going leaps and bounds because for whatever reason, and maybe it's because they pay their guys well, but they have the some of the best engineers, um, UX designers, and everything. You I even like I love UX. I love iPhones. I love things like t- buttons and tech and things like that. And for a fledgling car company to have those types of people on staff is actually unheard of. Well, and they 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 started at the, at the right pace. You know, whether they went from, you know, autopilot one to autopilot two to autopilot three, they upgraded the computers. Uh, like it, and as someone said today, I was listening to another podcast, and they said it's so that's the computer, but the big advantage is probably the software, mm-hmm. the capability of the software and the sophistication, and the fact that all our cars talk to the so-called mothership. <laughs> so all of the uh, you know the neural net and everything that that happens when we're on autopilot or even not on autopilot that can send back to the mothership to to help uh, refine autopilot and uh, that type of thing. I am it's scared of that though a little bit. There's a camera in my cab. I wonder if Elon's <laughs> watching me pick my nose or whatever. You know, I don't know. There's yeah. a camera looking yeah. at me at all Elon's times. Elon's just looking, hmm, I'm look just at saying. these 150,000 owners all at the same time. I, I don't think it's Elon. Guy. There's a staff of people just checking out cameras. I'm sorry oh, well. if you caught me picking my nose. That's okay. Here's a, here, a quick, another, not really a question, but like a, I don't know. I'm just going to say it. Like, as the cars that you keep driving, you're upgrading, you're upgrading. When, yeah. you, full, when you finally got into a full, a full self-driving car, when the first one that you got into that actually started driving itself, how did you feel? Uh, 
it was it took a leap of faith. To be honest with you, the first time I had it in my car, didn't use it. The first time I was in a vehicle mm-hmm. that was actually being driven was when in your Model X when we were going down to Toronto to see uh, hockey uh, game, the hockey game. Yeah. I think it was. Yeah. And uh, I tell you, you're you're talking away and your hands are going all over the place. <laughs> I'm hanging on to the door handle. He's got while, while it's slowing down into traffic. Yeah. But it, it took a good yeah. hour to, to for that leap. There's no question to leap of faith, and it'll be another huge leap of faith when you don't have to keep your when you hands go fully autonomous. On, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Uh, but the vaccine in theory, yeah. 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 But Watch just, Netflix all the yeah. way there. Yeah. Just like when, you know, learning to drive uh, with the one pedal, it's it's not an insurmountable task for most people. And once you get used to it, I think it'll probably be very enjoyable. Cool. Well, I mean, I have uh, many uh, friends and relatives that we take my car to go to a hockey game or a baseball game or something downtown. And af- after a while, they just get used to it. Now, you know. Jeff's exaggerating a little bit. My hands aren't going all over the place, but a, but a little bit. I believe him. And, and now, frankly, I don't know if you've noticed this or, or yourself, do you have autopilot on your car? I do have, not full self, but autopilot, yeah. Right, is that um, the nag seems even more uh, often. Like, I think I timed it. I thought it was 45 seconds. It's not. It seems to be 30 seconds now. I'm going to time it on my way home for a, yeah. for a whole week just to see if it actually does fluctuate depending on... I think it changes depending if you've passed a truck, if you're coming up to a turn, if it's like... I, I think it, it changed does. based on if you're highway driving or stop and go. It's Like, stop and go is fabulous, you know? Yeah. But... Um, it does. I do. I, I think I, you're right. But I've got a, a brand new... By the way, again, from my last podcast, I physically picked up my new... Um, we're leaving a little bit here, but my new Model X, you know, it's got Autopilot 3, it's got the, it's a Raven, uh, but I, it seems to be less. I haven't noticed any difference, whether it be a stop and go, uh, it's only about 30 seconds. And by the way, I will say this, I had a 16 signature, so one of the very first Model uh, Xs, huge difference in four years. Smoother, quieter, uh, the new Raven suspension is unbelievable. Um, you know, the seats, even the, the controls, you know, to, to move your transmission lever and your and your turn signal are, are smoother and more precise. Uh, amazing changes. Can I drive it for after year. this podcast? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I just want to see if it's the same. What's the difference between full self-drive? Do I have, what's the three have? We well, have two? If you, no, you have traffic-aware cruise control, I think. Yeah. If, unless you paid the extra big bucks. I did not. And you keep on talking about how you're cheap. So, 10 grand. That's not okay. cheap. 10 okay. G's, man. That's okay. So you don't have autopilot. No. It's, you have capability. You could turn it on if you want to spend the nine grand or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But you have um, traffic aware cruise control, I yes. believe, where it will uh, follow the car in front of you. Uh, it'll slow down and and stop yep. and yep. even and, yep. and move and it's from amazing. a stop. It just won't change lanes. Even it won't that's do amazing, full by the way. Like, like, parking like, and all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So, Unreal. That yeah. Even yeah. like on a lower level, I call it a poor men's Tesla. John hates it, but it's what it is. <laughs> I hate it. It's real. You still get all the good stuff. Uh, no, when exactly. we, we picked up our, our first two Model 3s uh, the first week of June last year, uh, we didn't order FSD on, okay. on either of them. Now, we did add it to my wife's car because she really missed the traffic aware cruise control. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just had the regular cruise, and uh, she missed that to the point when uh, they put it on sale, I think, for about 5000 ah, or yeah. so. Uh, we, we broke down and did the, it. The challenge is, though, the, you know, there's, there's people who don't even have traffic aware cruise control like you said and they won't ever get it unless they spend the full grand or the full nine grand I mean to get full self-driving now when you get a three or a model Y it comes with traffic aware cruise control standards so there's so many different iterations out there you know it's it's pretty and that's why you get the the, we go back to leasing option maybe that's why with the Tesla it's probably the better option because in four years you're getting you're getting new tech new bells and whistles new everything that's probably why it's better to leasing again but yeah no excellent 
Um, so that's about it. Uh, Jeff, I really wa- uh, want to thank you very much for coming on. No, you're very um, welcome. You know, I, hopefully everybody saw uh, some uh, some benefit of having someone like Jeff and an early pioneer in Roadster days. And if you don't know much about it, uh, you can elaborate on Jeff's stories by looking on the internet. It's all there. Uh, you can see Jeff and his Roadster on the internet. You can learn about <laughs> the history of the Roadster on the internet. Uh, all the things we're talking about are all there. But uh, again, thank you very much. And uh, uh, also, thank you very much for being part of the club since day one. My pleasure. Thank you, John. Uh, one more last Jeff. question for Jeff. Before he goes. <laughs> oh. Are you going to get the new Roadster when it comes out? Uh, no. Uh, if the Canadian dollar comes back to par, I might think about <laughs> it. But the thought of, of losing $60,000 to exchange, no, that would keep me up. I, I think it's, <laughs> is it 300 I think our yeah, yeah. 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 but, but that's if based on a starting 2. price 1, of 2.1 that's based on the starting price yeah. of 200,000 US yeah. so uh, you get a founders I think that's 260,000 yeah. Canadian yeah, yeah. That's, so, so the answer is no no the answer is no I'll let somebody else be the pioneer on that one and they'll let you drive it though I think thanks a lot okay thank you Okay, so I'm the newbie, and uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. You and Jaff are badasses. You guys are cool old dudes. <laughs> okay, can I uh, say that? Is that ageism? Cool old dudes. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyhow, I appreciate it. But uh, what I liked about this podcast, and it's very new, we're very early at this, and Josh approached me to do this, is the contrast between kid and call a newbie but there's lots of so-called newbies there's nothing yep. wrong yeah. with being a newbie um and i think we want to get into that more down the road what caused you and other people to take the leap of faith maybe who didn't even haven't even heard of tesla three or four or five years ago mm-hmm. to ultimately get ultimately get uh, a model three um so and compared to someone like jaff who we just heard from and someone like myself and many of the other people that had s and x and whatnot but uh that's what we want to do to sort of bring something new to the podcast world and um yeah I'm really cool. I'm glad we had him on. It's a good history lesson about, and I'm sure he has way more stories. I'm sure oh, he's yeah. got, Tons you of know, stories. I like my favorite question was as a, as a previous owner, where do you see the future going? And that's really cool to hear because you know, this guy's been a fanboy for since 2008 yep. or whatever it and, is. And you know what I'll say, uh, Jeff and I know we each other fairly well, but I was surprised that I thought he was of an EV advocate before he decided to buy an electric car. But he wasn't. He was like me. (laughs) Well, but yeah, his wife was somewhat involved in in sustainability and and whatnot. But he was like me. He was a car nut. And, uh, you know, I've been a Porsche guy and a BMW guy and all that in the past. And everybody's come to Tesla in their own way, shape, or form. Whether you were a car nut, whether you were an EV uh, intender, whether you already had an EV like a Leaf, Mm -hmm. whether you were into climate change and green, whether you wanted to save money on gas, all the reasons doesn't really matter. Ultimately, we've ended up with a Tesla. And some of the other advantages that you find out over time is that what makes the experience lots of fun and really great. Yeah, today was a great episode. Um, So, John, where can they find us online? You can find us uh, on Facebook. We're going to post it in the uh, Tesla Owners Ontario Facebook group. We email this to all our members. Uh, so again, consider being a member of the club. There's lots of other advantages. You can find it on our website. Uh, you listen to it in the car? Listen to it in the car. Yes, exactly. Just just type in Tesla Owners Club Ontario. It'll come up. And uh, our website is Tesla Owners uh, on. You don't know the name of your website? It's, it's, I'm, I'm hungry. I'm hungry. Tesla Owners Club dot ca holy <laughs> this guy Tesla needs this guy needs a snickers CA. right yes, away all right, uh, and, and we're on instagram and twitter under tesla owners ontario and again you can check us out at any platform you get your podcast but here i made my wife I listen gotta, to the I, podcast the other day and 
she started off with like, oh God, here we go again. Yeah. But she actually said, uh, I said, you want, I'll turn it off now after 10 minutes. No, I want to hear it. There you it's go. good. Way to go. That's a, she liked that's it. a supportive wife. Yeah. I like her. Say All goodbye. Right. See you next time. All right, so John's just seen one of our guests out, and I found this little cool belly thing at John's house. I'm just going to use it and play you guys some tunes. Hope you like it. Finn.